Hi, we want to welcome you to the Heights podcast. Uh, my name is Lee, and I'm one of the pastors here at Heights. Our mission is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. And so we designed this podcast uh, to essentially help you take your next step of faith, whether uh, right now in your life you are not a follower of Jesus, we want to help you take that step one step closer to being a follower of Christ. Or maybe you are a follower of Jesus, we want to help you continue along in that walk. And so our podcast is designed to talk about topics of theology and faith and culture and, and how a lot of those intersect. And so today I'm with uh, our associate pastor here at Heights of Students and Connections and uh, Jonathan McMean. So Good to have you. It's good to be here. All right. So you're in Matt Hogan's seat. In the seat. In the seat. He uses big words. Sometimes I don't know. I do not. I'm a youth pastor. <laughs> so I have had to learn to change the big words into words that teenagers can understand. Okay. All right. So, well, good. Yeah. Usually I'm the one in the doctor's office where he says things and I'm like, okay, back that up and explain it to me like I'm five, you yes. know, so I get it. So, yes, very so good. we will help each other out in this podcast. Yes. But what we want to do here today is I think a really important uh, topic, we're talking about the cross, mm -hmm. and we've been moving through uh, the Gospel of Mark on Sunday morning, just taking a, a sermon at a time, a chapter at a time, right. uh, which, you know, we can't cover everything, can't cover every verse, or, right. you know, we'll, we'll be there till two o'clock in a Sunday right. afternoon. Uh, and so what we've been just doing in the podcast lately is is kind of centering in on a verse or a concept or something that we don't have as much time on Sunday morning to kind of really go a little deeper. Right. And, and so today we're in Mark 15. Okay. And give us just a little background of what's happening in, in Mark 15. So in Mark 15, you have uh, Mark's account of the, the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. um, so ultimately uh, Christ is, is brought in and uh, is basically done with as he as he would like as as people uh the the soldiers and, and the religious leaders of the day were basically just having their way with him right and uh, he gets to a point of of actually being crucified on the cross mm -hmm. um it was uh in that in that uh description it's not the most descriptive of the gospels it's right. a lot shorter than some of the other accounts but uh, it was graphic and yeah. it was gross yeah. and it was, uh, I mean, something that, that left a, left a lasting impact. It was designed right. to leave a lasting impact to not only, uh, the individual being crucified, but even those that were yeah. uh, in the, in the crowd. Yeah. So you have from Mark 14 where that was last episode, you know, prayer in the garden, right? Uh, so they've done the Lord's Supper, you know, last, or the Passover. Right. Um, into Thursday night, mm -hmm. he gets arrested late Thursday evening, passed around Pilate, you know, Herod, right. Pilate, um, beaten. Mm -hmm. uh, because Pilate at one point was like, you know, I, I don't want to crucify him. I don't find anything wrong. So maybe I'll have him beaten and that'll right. satisfy the crowd. Um, you know, and the Romans really on the, the scourging, I've always read that they were, they knew how far to take you without killing you, killing you, you know, right. like, and I mean, they were, I hate to use the word professionals, but they were professionals at that. Right. Um, and so you get the cross and I mean, you got to think at this point, Christ has, has been beaten. Right. And I, I'm going to use the phrase within the inch of his life and right. not in a joking way, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, he's been badly, badly beaten. He's probably very dehydrated at this point, very weak. 
He's had to carry his cross beam. Right. You know, couldn't do that the whole way. So Simon uh, comes and, and carries it the rest of the way. Uh, and now here he's being physically tortured on the cross. Um, depending on how you do the math, uh, is he's somewhere on the cross from start until he gives up his last breath, somewhere between six and nine hours. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and so, I mean, this, yeah. is, this was obviously a very excruciating uh, way to die. And so what I want to do today, though, is a lot of times when we talk about the cross, and especially around Easter, we'll, we'll get into the physical aspects of what happened. Right. And I want to touch on that. But then we really want to focus in on a verse that shows us spiritually might, what might be happening to Christ on the cross. Right. And so let's kind of tackle it two different ways there. Uh, so let's look at the physical aspect of it. A lot of people think it's the Romans who, you know, made crucifixion. What, right. What have you read? Uh so I had always heard that it was the Babylonians, mm -hmm. um, but I know that there are uh, there are a bunch of people that would claim <laughs> right. that, you know, different historians have different views. Yeah. Um, but I, I personally had always heard that it was the Babylonians, yeah. uh, maybe the the Persians. Right. Yeah. So, so I've heard a couple of different ways in researching okay. for this Babylonians mm -hmm. um, and then Assyrians. Okay. And the, the depending on um, how you define crucifixion. Right. Because the Babylonians and the Assyrians, it was more of an impaling. Right. Um, and I'm not going to get into the details of that. Thank you. Uh, they can Google that on their own if they would like yes. to. Um, just don't hit the images tab of that, <laughs> please. Just please. read the description. Uh, but then I think most historians agree it's the Persians. Right. That invented what we would know as crucifixion. Right. Um, King Darius, the earliest recording we have of a crucifixion comes from King Darius of Persia, uh, 1519. He has 3,000 of his political enemies crucified. You know? right. So then we obviously know the Romans pick this up, and the Romans, and I, I hate to use the word perfected, but right. they kind of figured out a way to streamline this, make it more efficient right. in, in the way to do that. So what do you know of the physical aspects of the cross? Just, let's just kind of talk through what happened when you're, you're on the cross. So uh, like you said, up to this point, uh, you, were, you were mocked, you were beaten, you were dehydrated. Right. Um, speaking specifically of the, the Roman variety. Right. And when you were at the place of your crucifixion, they would, uh, they would nail you up, uh, typically uh, Three nails, mm -hmm. from my understanding, yep. you would put your feet on top of each other, and right. they would drive a spike through them, and uh, then they would they would also go more in your wrist region, mm -hmm. uh, not to to break any bones or anything, but to kind of uh, be supports, if you will. Right. And ultimately, it was not uh, designed for you to be dead quickly it was a form of torture yeah uh by suffocation right um and so the the actual uh torment part of it is when you're slumped down mm -hmm. uh, it's very difficult for you to breathe yeah. and so off that spike on your feet you push up right um so that you can so that you can, can get a breath get a breath yeah and then as your strength goes away um you yeah. slowly and painfully um, suffocate. Right. Yeah. And I, a lot of um, art will, pre, you know, 
kind of paint the nails in the hands. Right. You know, the nail scarred hands. Right, we have right, hymns right. on that. Mm -hmm. and, but ancient literature, a lot of times, hands and wrists were synonymous. Right. You know, and so it wouldn't have been in the hands because, as you said, described there, you're stretched out. Right. It, that would have torn through. You, right. you wouldn't have been supported. So it is in the wrist. And to think about that agony, all of all the weight and support to push yourself up comes off the feet, off of right, which is now nailed, nailed. together. Right. Um, if you've been beaten before, like Jesus was, you've got all the scars on the back. Right. So uh, you know they would strip they would strip the person being crucified naked for mm -hmm. humiliation. Right. Um, so this isn't like you got cloth on, like a t-shirt on or right. a shirt. I mean, this is your raw skin that's been torn open, now right. rubbing up on that wood, on that wood. you know, right. and, and so you've got a lot of, a lot of pain involved right. here. And, and, and I think that's important for us to remember um, in the Gospels too, and obviously this was a prophecy that was fulfilled. Um, at one point, it's getting late right. on Friday, uh, and they don't, the, the Jews don't want any, anybody on the cross going into Passover. Right. Uh, so they, they break the legs of the two criminals, and, and to break the legs was a way to speed up the death process because, right. as you said, you, you ultimately you die suffocate from suffocating. Right. So if, you, if they would break the legs, that's almost kind of a, you know, a, a, a little sign of mercy. We're going to speed this up. Right. Uh, but Christ at that point is, has already uh, given up his breath, and when they go to break his legs, you know, the uh, guy stabs him in the side, and right. the water, water rushes out, mm -hmm. and, and you have the... The confession by the the Roman soldier, you know, truly this was right. uh, the Son of God. And so, uh, when we think about the cross, uh, and just uh, an, another kind of nerdy historical fact I <laughs> pulled out of this, just before we transition, is it was finally outlawed outlawed by Constantine in the fourth century. So, you know, Constantine right. finally was like, "Hey, enough of this," you know, because it would be traitors, criminals, you know, right. enemies of the state. Those would be the mm -hmm. ones who were who were crucified. So it was eventually outlawed in the, in the fourth century. Right. So even past Jesus, right. it continued for, so it was for quite, quite some time. Roughly a practice for a thousand years between, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. of absolutely. Right. And just a very inhumane way to, right. to die. And so, so we think about that a lot um, of the physical side and I, I, you know, you've heard sermons preached on that right. and, and things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I think what we do uh, where we could do better, I should say, is to think about spiritually, because I argue what Christ is going through spiritually is far more intense and greater than what he's going through physically. Right. You know, and, and so what do we mean by that when we, we kind of talk about the spiritual side of the cross? Well, I, I think that uh, there's a, a path, it's in Matthew, it's also in Mark, mm -hmm. uh, where Christ on the cross cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the question that I ask myself is, what does it mean to be forsaken? Right. Um, and I, I do think that there is some uh, physicality to that. Mm -hmm. uh, so just the fact that Christ was dying was a forsaking. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because he was immortal. He was God. He's present for all of eternity. It right. was now uh, coming to the end of his life yeah. uh, in that moment. But I also believe, uh, and I think scripture backs this up as well, 
that there was a, a spiritual forsaking as well because uh, Christ was the sacrifice for our sins. He right. was, he was uh, absolutely in no way was he guilty. Mm-hmm. He was an innocent uh, human being. There was no fault that was found in him. And uh, he was crucified, forsaken by God. Uh, in Galatians 3, it says that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Right. And when I read the word curse, I'm thinking, well, that's something a, a little bit more mm-hmm. than just a physical, a physical beating. This is something that's, that's spiritual. Right. It, goes, it goes deeper than that. And so I, I think that there is a lot of um, room for discussion, um, but I don't know that there is a way for us to fully wrap our minds around sure. uh, to the extent yeah. of how, how God forsake Christ <laughs> right. on the cross. I don't know that our heads could comprehend yeah. <laughs> exactly all of that. Yeah. But what I do think is since Christ was being made a curse for us. 2 Corinthians says that he was uh, becoming sin so that we could be a part of the righteousness of God. Um, And in those instances, I think that it's saying that uh, Christ was ultimately paying a price for my my sentence. He was uh, the the penalty that was owed to me, he was taking. Um, And it was not just a physical death that was owed to me, it was a spiritual death as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, so, so that's... And, yeah. and what you're referencing there in Mark is Mark 16, verses 33 and 34. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, why, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right. Um, and I know there's other people who would say that differently than what I did. Right. But um, just a tip for our, our, our listeners, um, whenever you run across an old name and, or a big name or something in the Bible, just say it quickly, confidently, and keep on moving because no keep one going. else really knows how to say it either. That's so. right. Uh, <laughs> right. Matt would have known how to say Matt it. Matt would have probably known how to say it, and he would have corrected me off camera, and we yeah. would have laughed and said, well, you know, I grew up in a different area, yeah. different seminary. But, you California. Know. <laughs> Man. But I did. I had a I had an Old Testament uh, 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 professor say, "Guys, this is what you do with all those big Old Testament words. Yeah. Quickly, confidently, keep on moving. No one else knows how to say them anyway." Absolutely. But you you have um, sixth hour, ninth hour, so nine a.m. to about noon, darkness over right. the land. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you know, if you do an internet search, you're going to get some weird theories on oh, this yeah. was an eclipse. It became dark sometimes before a big earthquake. Right. You know, Matthew's going to mention the earthquake that's going to happen when, when Jesus gives up his last breath. The veil right. is torn. Um, and, and this is a good point just to interject. This is why in, in when you're reading the Gospels, it's also good to cross-read the cross-reference. Gospels. Absolutely. You know, because Mark's like always writing in a hurry. Yes. <laughs> and he so leaves short. out so much stuff. Yes. And, you know, so Matthew's going to get the, the temple and the veil torn. Luke's going to give you some more insights on things. Right. Uh, John will as well. So it's always good to kind of cross, cross-read those Gospels and you, you pick up kind of all the little details. Uh, but, you know, that darkness is interesting because of what you just said on becoming sin for us, because a lot of times what you see in the Old Testament is darkness precedes judgment. Right. 
you know, and, and so if you, you think about like in the, you know, the plagues, there's darkness over the land and then, right. you know, God would pour out judgment. So you often see those two concepts very closely related. Uh, and so I, I believe that it's from that sixth hour, the ninth hour, that Christ is becoming sin for us right. during that period of time. Yeah. You know, uh, going back to Isaiah 53, it's the Lord who lays the iniquity of us all on him. Right. You know, the Lord was pleased to crush him. Right. Um, I think it's then, you know, on the cross. Right. It's not, you know, when they're nailing him up or any of that, but there is a period in time in the cross where there's darkness all over the, the city, over the land. Right. Um, and then he, he cries out, you know, Psalm 22, uh, you know, why have you forsaken me? Um, and so I, I think it's that. Right. That, that is that period of time that the Lord is laying your sin and my sin and, and the sin of the world upon him right. uh, in, in that sense. And so the, so yes to all the physical pain. Right. But I, I think what we're trying to say here is, is that, that spiritual pain yes. of being forsaken right. is far greater than that. Right. You know, um, you know and, and I, room for discussion, obviously, um, because it's not a, a, a first tier issue. Right. Um, but I, I think it is. I think it's, it's God, the father for a brief moment in time, turning his back on God, the son, right. You know, because he is now a curse. He right. is now, uh, has that sin upon him, right. you know? And so for that just brief, brief moment, that's the, that's the pain right. that Christ is in because that is a, a union that is always, you know, been together from right. eternity past and now right. for this brief moment in history it's separated right you know obviously to come back together through the resurrection so right and i think of uh there was an old worship song uh, that said that the the wrath of god was satisfied to look on him and pardon me and mm -hmm. when you when you think of the uh, you know, I know that we've talked about attributes of God on this podcast before, right. but when you get into the concept of God's wrath, you get this, uh, this picture that's, that's not pleasant to think about. Right. And the, the penalty that was owed was the, the wrath of God. Yeah. And we see what that is throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. And he took the full cup of God's wrath right. uh, for my sake and, yeah. for, and for yours as well. Um, and so that's, that is the gospel, um, that, that all of the wrath of God that was owed to me and to you and to humanity was taken, um, by Christ on the cross. And yeah. I, I think that that is spiritual more right. than, more yeah. than physical. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So how would you, you know, encourage somebody walking away from Mark uh, 15 here today? Like just how, how do we apply this passage in our, our everyday life? Well, I, I think that it's important no matter where you are in your walk with God, uh, the gospel should be the main thing. Mm -hmm. um, it changes the way that we view our sin. Uh, it changes the way that we view other people's sin. Right. Uh, and uh, many, many people, myself included, got saved at a young age. Mm -hmm. uh, my sin at a young age was n no cuter uh, <laughs> than somebody that was from a different, a yeah. different stage of life, a different way of life. Right. Um, and the, the wrath of God was owed me for my sin and, and even the sin present and future right. as well. And when we look at the crucifixion of Christ in, in Mark, when we look at 
uh, at forsaken. Why have you forsaken me? And the answer is because of us. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it's just ultimately important that we constantly remind ourselves of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that is a uh, elementary level uh, stance, but something that, that you and I even still as, yeah. as pastors sure. need to remind ourselves of regularly. Yeah, no, that's good because, um, you know, I, I, I forget who it is. I think it was Spurgeon who said, and, and I, I'm pretty sure it's Spurgeon. I'm 98% said it's Spurgeon, but okay. usually if you forget who a quote is, you can just attribute it to Spurgeon, Absolutely. right? You know, it's most what people do, but I'm, I'm 98% sure it was, <laughs> it was Spurgeon. But they said, you know, there's, there's, and I'm summarizing, but there's a lot of things that we, we tell ourselves every day, but we rarely preach to ourselves, right. you know? And so we always ought to be preaching the gospel to ourselves, Absolutely. you know, because we'll listen to ourselves, but we need to preach to ourselves. Uh, and, and so when I think about this, and, and you've mentioned it a little bit there too, is is this ought to cause me to love Jesus more than my sin. Yes. To stop and think the sin that I'm engaged in is what Christ died for. Yes. And if he went through all of this to redeem me from this sin, how can I love that more than I love the Savior who saved me? Right. You know, Absolutely. And, and so um, I don't, uh, you know, I try to apply that in my own life is to stop right. and to think, what am I loving more here? Right. The sin or Jesus who right. died for it, you know, yeah. and became sin for us for that. So, Absolutely. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Well, thanks for being on with us Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This was good. Absolutely. So I have to come, have you come back again for another one. You know? I think I think we could probably make that happen. We I can think, make it happen. That's right. You know where I work. So. I know where you work, and we'll, yes. use, we'll use big words next time, too. So we'll continue to work on that. So, <laughs> so we want to thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, if you are in our area, we'd love for you to join us in person for one of our worship services at 9 or 1030 a.m. Uh, also, you can find us on our Heights Facebook page and our Heights YouTube page. Uh, If you've not already, click the subscribe button on the YouTube page, and that will keep you current on all of our podcasts and uh, videos, uh, discipleship information, just all the things we have here on the page. Uh, That'll help you find that uh, easy in your subscription uh, list. And so until we see each other again, I hope that you have a wonderful week and God bless.